Thanks for tuning in and welcome to Same As It Ever Was, where we literally don't know what we're going to talk about. Hey there, buddy. What are you doing? That's out there, brother. <laughs> Another manic Monday. Yes, indeed. A little change of pace for myself today. Yes, yes. <laughs> change oh, of pace. A little change of pace. We had a. We, it was. It was. It was uh, party time at Papa's Playhouse today. Okay. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Nope. Uh, so. Jennifer ended up having to go into uh, the facility today, so I got to spend the day with the grandkids. Papa's Playhouse. Papa's Playhouse, man. I'm going to tell you right now, it's uh, it's pretty wild. It's pretty wild, man. I, he had uh, both of them. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, my, uh, my in-laws showed up probably around 1230 or so. This afternoon, because they, they texted me this morning and they were like, you know, yeah, Jen's, you know, said she's at work and she's, you know, she uh, basically that you're home with the kids, you know, do you want us to come up and help you out? And I was like, well, I mean, if you guys want to come up, feel free, you know, whatever. Um, I was only really going to have them by myself uh, from probably a little before 11 until just after three. Um so, but I lucked out, man. Like, dude, Oliver took like a three hour nap, which I mean, that's never a bad thing. I'm just like, you know, he went down probably about 10 and didn't get up until around one. Um, so he was just knocked out. Uh, so it's, you know, they were just good. It was, you know, having, having, you know, my in-laws come up and sort of, you know, help out a little bit, you know, when the, when you've got two of them like that and all of a sudden, like, they're both yeah. hungry. You know, they're both hungry at the same time. Yeah, how do you double feed that? That's what I'm saying. You're like, uh, if you don't have that extra set of hands to help you out, it's like, uh, well, I guess I'll feed you while your buddy over here just basically screams bloody murder. Um, but the kids are funny, dude. They are freaking, they crack me up. I shared this video on, on social media this from this morning. And... Uh, Dude, they the, the kids are like they're vo- they're both like really vocalizing in oh, a big yeah. way, you know, and uh, it's like I've got I've got Rowan. We're in the living room and she's in this little you know sort of bouncy seat, and Oliver is in one of these sort of like, uh, uh, you know, it's it, it used to be the what the hell do they call it? It's not it's a yeah, saucer thing, you know, and dude, he's looking at her and he's in the seat, you know, or in the the, the saucer thing that he's making all these noises. And then like he would stop and she's looking at him and all of a sudden she starts making her noises and she stops and he starts making more noises like they literally it's like they're having a conversation with each other. They solved they're- world hunger. <laughs> Jeremy, I'm telling you, it was freaking hilarious. Do you, do you remember that movie with Rick? I think it was Rick Moranis' Baby Geniuses. Oh, God. No, wait. Maybe that was John Travolta. Uh, I don't remember, but it was probably a terrible movie. But their premise was that kids are like, have the most, they're, they're geniuses until they turn age two. Oh, right. Yeah, yeah. So they were trying to figure out like 
to get out like what they were saying and what they were the problem solving. Uh huh. Yeah. Oh, yeah. and by the way, the the movie we didn't think about or we couldn't think of the name was Man of the Year with Robin Williams. Oh, which one was that? The one where the comedian runs for president. Oh yeah, no, you're right. Yeah, I totally no because it came on. I was like, it's this one. Oh this no, really? Movie. And I watched like I was watching. Is like yeah. <laughs> oh my god, that's funny. So that's funny. You survived. Yeah, no, it was good, man. You know, I mean, you know. It's it, it it becomes one of those things, man, where, you know, it's like I, you know, I was talking a couple of weeks ago about, you know, these conversations that I've had with my son and, you know, he's really been encouraging me to put together my resume and really, you know, sort of, you know, look at opportunities with, you know, like government contracting kind of stuff, you know, program management that type of, you know, vein. I mean, yeah. you do have, you have Bath Ironworks over here. And, and, and my, you know, Ian makes some really good points. I mean, he's, he says to me, he says, you know, I mean, he's been working as a contractor for the past few years out in California. And he says to me, he's like, dad, these companies, you know, they're looking for guys like you. Yeah. You know, they're looking for, and it's, and it's not even about having any sort of like, expertise in a particular like technical thing they're looking for people who have experience managing people and managing projects how do you keep things you know basically how do you herd the cats you know do you have a goal and okay what are we going to do to you know focus everyone's energy and and so forth you know and I know all this lingo, like he talks to, he's telling me, he's like, you know, when you hear these guys talk, a lot of what they're sort of going around with is it's all of these sort of catchphrases that you and I as military men are very familiar with, you know? Well, you know, I had a conversation with the guy that I served with who's out, he's in California and he opened up his own franchise of School of Rock. Right. Yep. And uh, he was talking to me about some of his trials and tribulations of of being the boss, being I was like, are you the dean? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but with his workers, with with his instructors. And I was like, well, he uh, musically, he talks to him about stuff all day. But then when they just start talking about life, it's like, oh, shit, like the oldest person, his oldest instructor is 27. Right. Most of them are like right out of college or like 22, you know, yeah, they're young. you don't know shit about life. And I, I just told him, it's like, you know, the longer when, when you've been um, managing people, you know, from for most of your military military career, I'm like the gig's going to happen, you know, right. the, the music that that's going to happen. It's it's uh, the more you stay in and the higher rank you go, it's it's just more about managing people. And oh, yeah. And, you know, dealing with people's, you know, lives and all that. It's less about music and more about that management part. So yeah, to your point, we're probably really fucking good at it. (laughs) Well, no, and that's, and no, we are. And that's the thing is like, it's exactly like you say, dude. I mean, when you have spent years of your life, you know, as a professional managing people, 
and provide and 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 I say man, you know managing is probably not even the right word, yeah. okay, because we don't manage people; we lead them. You know, there is a huge difference between those two things. Um, you know, that's like the the old saying about you know there's a difference between being a you know there's a difference between being a boss and being a leader. Yeah. Um, and it's very very true. And I I, I talk about this you know with with my daughter, you know, she and I were talking about, um, you know, it's that whole idea of, you know, as a leader, you're expressing a genuine interest in what's going on with the people around you, you know, or the people that you serve. I mean, this is servant leadership, you know, as, as a, as a military person, and as you're ascending, you become an expert in servant leadership. You know, I'm leading these people, but I'm serving them because it's my responsibility to take care of them. Because the more I take care of them, the more it comes back to me in effort and motivation and and uh, faith in, 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 our, in our mission and what we have to get accomplished. All of those things. Um, so like I say, I mean, Ian is very, you know, he's very... Uh, interested like he he and i had lunch yesterday and he's like you know dad i would i'd love to just get together with you and like help you put your resume together and just float it out there on like linkedin and just see like what kind of stuff comes back to you you know he was like he and it's interesting from his vantage point because you're talking about a dude who spent five years in the marine corps got a ton of operational knowledge you know with regard to cybersecurity and all this kind of stuff. But he's even said to me, he's like, the only way that I ascend in this given field is that I've got to pursue my education, you know, because I don't have the experience. Yeah. He's like, but given the two, given the choice between the two, these organizations, these companies would rather have somebody like you who's been doing this for years and knows how to manage people and keep them focused and motivated and fo- moving forward than somebody like me who just has a bunch of technical knowledge. Right. Or, or like what we have, you can't, um, you know, learn that in school. No, you can't. There's only one. Exactly. There's only one way that you get that. And that's through experience and years and years and years of honing those skills. Um, you know, and it's just interesting because I mean, you know, he talks about how, you know, he's he's worked with people like you and I um, and, you know, how like you and I would get together in that professional context and be able to sort of speak a particular language. Yeah. People on the outside, non-military folks aren't going to understand the things that we're saying. You can you can verbalize these things in a civilianized way, but as military people you're able to sort of communicate with each other, um, you know, because we've developed this language over, you know, our careers that we can speak with like, you know, like experienced people, we can speak that same language. Um, You know, so it's just, like I said to him though, getting back to the whole, like watching the babies thing is, you know, I said to him, I was like, you know, I might be interested in doing something like that at some point, I said, but, you know, the thing is, is that for right now, you know, I've got two daughters who are young and they have young families and, you know, they can't afford daycare. You know, my sister-in-law watches the, watches the kids a few days during the middle of the week. 
and she doesn't charge the girls much at all, you know, um, which is awesome because the reality is, is that if they were in a position where they legitimately had to pay out of their pockets, like for real, no shit daycare, I don't think they could do it, you know, and, and that's where, you know, that's where it comes down to us, you know, like Jennifer, I mean, the only day of the week that she, well, she has Tuesdays off, um, you know, and Saturdays, but it's, you know, she's working Sunday. Uh, she watches the kids on Monday. She has Tuesday off. Um, but then she's working Wednesday, Thursday. She's got the kids Friday. I mean, we're trying to do what we can to lighten that burden for the kids because they need somebody to watch the babies, you know? So like today was just sort of an example of that. Like, I mean, I'm Man, not going to, what a great, you know, it's making me think of a great idea. Like, uh, your situation because you know when you're in a military concentrated place um, and uh, for some for some people it's scarce like getting somebody to watch your kid like oh yeah especially in the times of the of the covid but yeah 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 you know it'd be great though what if as like for a day like today right then and you you really didn't know what to do with like hey i have to watch these two babies right? right even just babies is that you could go to a place that is you know like very baby centric like lots of colors a bunch of crap to like you just go to where you could just go and hang out for a couple hours right yeah yeah you know what i mean sure yeah, I mean, like, that's what I would call I would call it daddy daycare, but it's not really like you drop your kid off. It's hey, you're stuck at home. This is and, a place to go. Yeah, it's just a place to go for for like ages three and under. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it, and it's... to get and and but someone's there for your situation like, oh, I, I got two kids or twins. Right. And and like I need to feed one, but I can't change or whatever. You know what I mean? Yeah, you know, you, you just press your button and someone comes in there. It's like, oh well, can can you feed this one while I just change this one's diaper or whatever? Oh sure, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, it. You never know, man. I mean, because I will tell you, you know, we had, and this was a long time ago, but you know, when we were stationed in Quantico, uh, both of our kids were going to because this was one of those periods when Jennifer and I were both working and she was doing nails. And obviously I was active duty. So we had both of the kids at the, uh, what is it? The childhood develop the development center, the CDC at Quantico and Holy shit, dude, the money that we were paying out for daycare for these two kids. I mean, it was sort of preschoolish daycare ish kind of thing, but it was like, you know, it got to the point with Jennifer where she was like, what the fuck am I working for? Like, all of my money is going to pay the CDC to watch our kids. You know, like, why don't I just watch the kids and I can start doing nails at home? And that's what she did. And, I mean, dude, her her clients loved her. They loved the work that she did. I mean, I will tell you that Jennifer, as a nail technician, back when she used to do that stuff, did just crazy talent. So she was so good at it. And these women just... Dude, they would, they'd be booked out to be like, I want to be booked out every other, you know, I want to be booked out for three o'clock every other Tuesday for the next six months. Boom. 
Yeah. That's that's guaranteed money right there. It was, dude. And it was crazy because once we actually started doing this stuff, when she started doing this stuff at home, dude, it was all under the table. You know? I mean, this is a long time. Oh, I know. That doesn't, that doesn't really happen. <laughs> that only happens in, in movies. Um, <laughs> but, the, I mean, we, we actually, like, we set up, we, you know, we actually set up, like, a station in our living room. Um, and it was like a table where she had the lamp and she had all of her products and, you know, these women would come in and, you know, if they were early, they would just sit there on the couch and the TV would be on playing, you know, prices right or something. And they would just sit there and hang out until she was done with, you know, her client and, you know, then they'd switch. And I mean, and, and the whole time Madison is home. But Madison was so quiet, like she would just be up in her room. And at this point, Madison was maybe four, something like that. I mean, yeah. she'd be up in her room, just sort of like doing her own thing. Jennifer literally had like she had she had clients who like they'd be in the middle of getting their their nails done. And like Madison would come downstairs and these women would be like, oh, my God, I didn't even know you had a kid. <laughs> like all of a sudden there's a little child in the room like who's what's this baby doing? You know, this kid doing here. Um, but it was, dude, she made, she was making better money than me. I mean, I was a sergeant at the time. She was making better money than me. It was crazy, you know? Um, but I mean, dude, it was, it just made no sense. It made no sense. Like you're out there working, you're doing a job and all this money that you're, you're earning is, and, and that is the benefit. I will say like you, what you were just talking about, that's the difficulty of being, you know, being a, a parent, a working parent, and being in the military, especially, you know, like your your spouse works too. That's yep. what is so difficult because I'll tell you, like being here and being around family and all of that sort of thing, like mm-hmm. it's a completely different situation, dude. A completely different situation. Us being in the position where we can help the girls out by being like, oh, we'll just leave the kids with us. We'll, we, you know, we'll. We'll figure out our schedules and, you know, whatever. Dude, that doesn't exist when you're active duty military. Nope. It just does not, you know. Um, and again, I mean, obviously, that's one of the big things with, you know, sort of coming home and being around everybody. It's like, you know, you finally are able to you take something like what was it? Uh, not this past weekend, but the weekend before it was my sister-in-law's birthday party. You know, so we got to go over to, you know, Chris and Scott's place and they had a fire going out back and we got to hang out. And I mean, dude, being active duty, we were never able to be part of those things. You know, the fact that we can just take a five minute drive and be over at their house and hang out like, yeah, you know, that's that that's what it's all about. That's what it's all about. So what was your weekend like? Oh, man, what did I do this weekend? Oh, (laughs) so. As you have, you you know, but for people that don't know, because the uninitiated, um, for, I would say since like September of last year, and only for a month, the whole month of September, we were free. And then before that, and from like March to May. So for over a year, we've only had one month where we, where we were kind of free to do things like normal, like normal people. Mm-hmm. Um, and they do it like health protection condition, HPCon, right? Right. So we have been in Charlie, which means just to and from work, essential stops only. Like, you know, can't 
can't go to a restaurant and sit down. I can get stuff curbside or like just go in and come out or drive through if they have it. Uh, haircuts out in town, no. Gyms out in town, no. Just to and from work. Well, Friday, it all went away. You finally got to go get a haircut at your old barber shop? No, because you have to, he's he's like, you know, you have to do it by appointment. But uh, yeah, I'm yeah. saying they, they changed it from Charlie to to bravo right so now like the whole weekend has been like oh like you know (laughs) yeah yeah but you know it's it's also one of those things being in the management position that i'm in you know is telling our 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 junior enlisted leader the lpo like hey tell people they 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 have fun go hang out with their families go to the beach like the virginia beach not just the ones on bases and you know right. but if anybody needs anything a ride or something then let them know hey you know to reach out but cuz it's been a long you know year yeah of not being able to do stuff so that that was the bigger news you know nice um, and of course i was like oh i'm going to go to a baseball card show <laughs> Oh, nice. Very cool. Yeah, no, and, you know, those things are always uh, hit and miss depending on what you can pick up. I I picked up a LeBron James rookie card. Oh, very cool. Yeah, yeah. Uh, So I traded this guy some cards, and, yeah, you know, um, we we really didn't want to go out just yet because I knew, like, it was going to be crazy. Or think about that. Like, I would – I would venture to say like 70% of the people that live here are military Mm -hmm. in the area that I live. And we've all been on lockdown. Right. Then Friday after like Friday after 5 PM, the news comes out. So what do you think Saturday and Sunday was like? Oh, Jesus. (laughs) Like anywhere. Yeah. Oh yeah. So we just kind of chillax for a little bit. I did go eat at a restaurant today. For the cool. first time, yeah, uh, since last September, um, so that was nice. We sat outside; it was nice, but just being able to not, you know, just go back and eating under the fluorescent lights of our building, um, so that was cool. But other than that, let's see. Uh, we watched the Kentucky Derby. Oh, see, and I missed it, dude. Oh, I was so pissed. I had tuned in. It was like two hours before. Uh, before it's all the uh, pre races. I know, I know. know, It's like like, USC fights, you know. Like, it's like there's so many. Can we please just get to the action? And then all the stories, you know. And then, and then what? Well, I mean, I get it. Like the race is only like a minute long. You know what I mean? Like, it's it's like two and a half minutes long, right? But like, it's all the pre-race is like, oh my god, how long do we have to have it on this channel? And then just talk about the fucking horses and right. the trainers <laughs> and then the riders and the everything's, owners. Everything's an intimate portrait. But know? it's always really sad when the favorite doesn't win because they, right. they it's so much hype about the favorite. No, well, and so and so rarely do they win. Right. I mean, realistically yeah. speaking, they don't. The favorite very rarely wins these races. Well, you know who you don't. You don't bet against Bob Baffert, who is the oh, I know he's like the king. Yeah, and he he's he owns Kentucky Derby now. Like yeah, <laughs> like you, d- you don't ever bet if he's got a horse in the race. Don't bet against him. 
Yeah, he owns the Kentucky Derby. Yeah, like he's, <laughs> he's, crazy to think he's that, the trainer you know? that has the most wins now. Yeah, yeah it's, it is crazy. And I love – I mean, I'm not a big – you know, I mean, I don't sit around and watch horse racing all the time. Um, but it, it, to me, it's such, a, it's such a great American tradition. Well, and, and you know what's funny? Well, ever since uh, the Black Stallion. But oh, you yeah. know what's great is that the post-race, right? They're talking to Baffert. And he was like, you know, like the horse led, you know, wire to wire, really. And he was like, yeah, that, that horse is a winner. Like, that was all him. Like, you know, he gets in a race. He's like talking about the, the, the mental state of the horse. Right. I just thought that was funny. I was like, yeah, okay. He's like in the <laughs> horse's head. <laughs> yeah, like, no, no, no. When that horse gets out there, man, that, I mean, that, that last half of that lap, that, that, was, that was all the horse. That was him showing, like, you know, he, he gutted it out. He won. I'm like, uh. Yeah. No, okay. Dude, that's, that's crazy. I mean, but I, I mean, I love watching it because it's amazing to me. I mean, the horses are amazing. I mean, and, and a lot of, you know, you get these people who are very sensitive. They're like, oh, but they're like beating them. Why are they hitting them? I'm like, dude, this horse has been trained for one purpose in its life. Just run. Run as fast as you can. And they love it. They've been trained to love it. I mean, that's why they are where they're at. You know what I'm saying? It's like the same thing as, uh, you know, being a kid, we used to go to the we used to go to the, the Topsom Fair across the river here. And it's like most of these sort of county fairs that you have around the country. You know, it's usually in the fall. It's usually like, you know, September or something like that. It's really sort of a hard, it's an agricultural thing. I mean, that's where it's, the roots of it are. I mean, obviously you go there now and there's a carnival and rides and all that crap. But of course, this is the kind of thing you should go to to see like, you know, who had the, you know, who had the blue ribbon winning, you know, pumpkin or, you know, apple pie whatever you know but you also go to see who's got the blue ribbon winning you know pig or cow cow or what oh yeah man and they're all there you can go like walk around and check out they have like the whole uh you ever seen the whole the little pig race yes you know what i'm talking they have that kind of crap you know um but one of the things i remember i've even seen cow patty bingo oh god Yes, people. Stanky. <laughs> there are there there are places where they just have like you get a bingo card and literally hours later you come back and you see where the cow has pooped. It has it landed on your square. Yep. Oh, cow yeah. patty bingo. There you go. Yep. Oh, I wonder how God. long that takes to win. Jesus. Yeah. Um, but but yeah, you know, I always think it's funny, like on the dog shows, like, oh, this dog is really showing its stuff now. Like you know, and, and one of the things that they were worried about was the amount of people that were, were at the Derby. Right. Because in the previous races that these horses have ran in, there was like no people in the stands. Right. So they were scared, like, okay, is this going to spook the horse? And it's the first time they had 20 horses run. Right. So that was another thing. Like, okay. That's a crowded track. Yep. And, yeah. and, the, and it's got, they, they had to make, they had to redo the, the starting gates. Uh, right. For, so they you can like, fit them all. Yeah. Well, that and just the, how it opens and stuff, just because there's so many just to keep the horses safe. Because, right. you know, they fall and break an ankle, they turn into glue. Oh, yeah, yeah. No, <laughs> like, I mean, it's crazy. But I mean, you know, the, the crazy thing, I re- like, I, like I say, like going to the county fair and stuff, 
one of the things that they also used to have was a freaking they used to have a uh, a horse pole. Never watched like a horse pole before. No. They they have like this. It looks like a sled. I mean, right. it really is just like a piece of like like metal or or wood or something, and they pile these like big concrete blocks on it and obviously they're standardized weight you know whatever and what and they take a draft horse who for folks who understand horses are like work horses these are the kind of horses that you have at a farm and they pull like the plow and they they do all of the heavy you know heavy lifting for the for the farm and so they take a draft horse and they you know, they hook it up with you know, a harness and everything to this sled. And the competition is to see which horse can pull the most weight the furthest. And, you know, it's all in this indoor, it's like a barn, really, that has like stands inside of it. And on one end, they've got this sled with the horse hooked up to it. And they've got like a measuring thing that goes the length of this venue and you got a dude who's, you know, the handler of this horse. And, man, he cracks this freaking, like a whip. He cracks it over the back of this horse. And this horse, I mean, these, dude, these horses are gi-freaking-normous. And they're huge. They're like Clydesdale-type horses, you know. But when you see them actually digging in and, like, using their full muscle mass to make this thing move across the ground, like... It's insane. You know, and of course, you know, you hear the crack of the whip and people are like, oh, my God. But it's like, dude, this is what this horse has done its whole life. Again, it's just like the horses at the Derby. You know what I mean? Like the horse has been trained to do this. It's bred. It's in its DNA. Like it wants to pull things. It's just like you ever see the thing with, uh, you know, over the years, they've come up with all these really sort of inventive type uh, dog leashes. You know what I'm talking about? Like, what is that one? I can't remember what it was called. Um, but it's this its this type of horse leash or dog leash where it has the piece that goes around the neck. Um, but then it has a piece that goes around the muzzle. And that's actually where you have your leash, leash attached. And what you do is just sort of like if the dog starts to get out, you know, get out of control you just sort of pull the leash up a little bit and it sort of lifts the, the, oh, it's, it's called a gentle leader. Yes. That's it. That's it. Yeah. It kind um, of freaked me out the first time I saw that before. Well, I, you know, but the thing is, is that, you know, what it's, what it, this thing is doing is that, you know, dogs, when they're on a traditional leash, you know, when they go to get away from you and you pull back on that leash their natural instinct is to pull even harder against it. I mean, hence why you have like sled dogs and shit like that. You know what I mean? Like when they're sensing resistance, their innate, their nature is to pull. Um, And obviously that gentle leader thing defies that because you're not pulling against the, the dog. You're just sort of lifting its muzzle up a little bit. And it's kind of, we had them, uh, years ago for the dogs and they really are pretty amazing i mean you barely even touch this leash just sort of just pull it up just a little you're not hurting the dog or anything but the dog will literally just stop and like its muzzle will come up a little bit and it'll be kind of looking at you like uh and you're like okay settle down and on you go 
Uh, but it's the same idea with these horses, you know? Like, this is their nature, man. You know, you can't deny it's it. It's like their nature, man. It's their nature, man. Uh, have, have you ever ridden a horse? Oh, yeah. We used to own... We, we, when we lived in Virginia and I was a little kid, we actually boarded horses. Oh, okay. Cool. Yeah, we boarded horses for people. Um, we had like a, a barn and a big pasture, and we actually. How about owned that a... horse sweat? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we actually owned. We actually owned a pony. Um, it was. Uh, its name was Pretty Boy. Um, that thing kicked me square in the chest one time scared the shit out of me dude i couldn't have been more than maybe six or seven years old and i don't know what i was thinking you, but it was you it was were like, flexible oh malleable i will tell you right now I, I was something because i'll tell you what i was when i was when that horse was done with me i was fucking out of breath oh, that thing yeah. kicked the air straight out of me and i was i was being i was being a little shit i think i was like hitting it with the horse with like a a freaking like a stick or something. I thought I was being funny and I'm like taking this little stick and I'm hitting that horse was like, fuck you, bitch. Boom. It just, it kicked me with its hind legs and I go falling on the ground and I'm like, nowhere, nowhere in my lungs. And, and I, I, you know, kind of a big deal, but I just like, Oh, forgot about it. Um, so I had my first esports uh, league match on Friday. really oh yeah Joanne? operation one did your ass kicked no you, did, we won. you died did no, you really we, we are the champions what, what was funny was that my 16 year old was making he was like upstairs and he could he could hear me like let's go was he able to let's watch go. uh no it wasn't casted our like they uh. they 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 have 10 casters and they pick you know based on like so within the league, league members can vote on who they think is going to win, if it's going to be close or whatever. And so a lot of times the casters pick the ones that, that the league has voted is going to be cut close. But like, like they have three channels. It's it's literally it's esports. So it's like this like on Twitch, it's it's like ESPN watching it. They have two commentators. They're going back and forth like oh yeah you know like oh look like this kill what like they just commentate the whole thing. They talk about like your strategies and all, all that shit, dude. That's and, and they do it live. That's cool. So if, if they if if they they decide to cast one of ours, definitely I'll let you know and y'all can watch it. And be dude, like, that would be pretty neat. I would actually be interested to see that because they have within the the battle space, they have cameras that are like you know kind of droney looking or yes. like they move so they can three sixty whatever. But then they can look at like if what I'm looking at and follow me and like, OK, he's aiming this way. And for every gun, they have a like engage a like a laser. So we know what they everyone can watch what direction we're we're looking at and what direction we're going to shoot. Right. Yeah. Now, that's pretty neat, though, man. So, I yeah, mean... we, we pulled out a win, uh, you know, you know, we're just moving on to Cincinnati. Um Moving on to Cincinnati. <laughs> so, what did you think about the win? I just want to move on to Cincinnati. Yeah, right, right, right. No, oh, it, it was a good win. It was a good win, but we're, we're, we're thinking about next week. Yeah, we're thinking about <laughs> next week, though. Um, but no, and and like this this next week, we have another, we have a tougher, a higher ranked opponent, and people are starting to 
you know, uh, vote against us. So it's like we're just using that as fodder as like nobody. And we're home. So right. Like, nobody comes into our house <laughs> oh, God. and pushes us around. <laughs> <laughs> On your freaking Oculus. Yeah. <laughs> nobody comes into my Oculus and pushes me around. Oh, yeah. No I one comes did. into my Oculus and makes me bleed my own blood. Bleed my own blood. <laughs> but, but yeah, no, so it's it'll be fun. Like, I mean, people think, like, when I talk about it at work, you know, they're like, oh, that was your fucking game, whatever. And I'm like, and then I show them how serious, like, it because it's a straight-up eSport. Yeah. And, like, they make, like, banners for it and all this shit for each match. And then they, they like all the percentages on like all the maps we played and how many we've won. And like it, they break it down, dude. Wow. Yeah. So it's like, Oh fuck, maybe we might lose this one. <laughs> <laughs> maybe these guys actually are kind of good. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know what? I'm a straight up fucking killer. Right. <laughs> I'm going to go gunny highway on their ass. Oh Christ. <laughs> I, 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 I do have a Marine on the team, and he's right now he's in 29 Palms. Oh, yeah. Doing training, uh, and it's killing him because he can't play right now. Like, so he's just like, oh. So, like, he's always talking. And I don't know what it is about Marine saying freaking. Freaking. Oh, yeah, no. no, I know. Freaking. Yeah. Freaking. That's a thing. That's a I, thing. Well, I, that's like, you know, that's, and that's, that's a, that's a, uh, that's a byproduct of recruit training, you know, at recruit training where like, they're not supposed to like, it got to the point where they like, weren't supposed to curse anymore. Like the drill instructors weren't supposed to swear anymore. So they had to come up with all of these, all of these uh, substitute words for cursing. And freaking was one of them because you couldn't say fucking anymore, you know? So it's freaking this and freaking that. You know, instead, you couldn't say goddamn anymore. You had to say doggone. Get out of my god dog. Get out of my dog god hardball. <laughs> you know, it was like, and you know what the hardball is? No. The initiated, yes. The, 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 the jarheads in the crowd, no. The hardball is anything that is paved. So, like the road, the road or the parade deck is the hardball, you know? Mm. Get out there and buy hardball. You know, that whole weird thing. If they you come can't up... walk on the road, then where are you supposed to walk? Huh? <laughs> Did someone just join our program? What? Yes! No. Oh! Yes! <laughs> Pardon in the interruption. <laughs> ladies and gentlemen, a living legend. What? <laughs> <laughs> My own Adrian mind. Ladies, give Adrian a He was just talking about hardball. Get off my hardball. Uh oh. He's playing hardball. <laughs> See, he knows. Adrian knows. Get on, get on, get on my hardball now. <laughs> yeah, we were just we were talking about all of the we were talking about all of the the words that Marines use oh, yeah. in, instead of swear words. Yeah. Yeah. I have a, oh man. Dagon. Uh, Dagon. Dagon. Yeah. <laughs> Dagon. I was freaking about freaking. Freaking. Like, yeah. Freaking. Like it's it's a pause word. Freaking. Oh yeah. Well, you get you get guys like that. Like they can't stop saying it's it's every other word they say. Oh yeah. 
you know, and then you're just wondering, like, how do you actually express yourself? <laughs> I know <laughs> my parents don't cuss. And even that word at their house, my mom's like, um, I know what that's in place of. Can you please stop that? <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, mom. <laughs> no disrespect. <laughs> oh my Yeah, God. I used to be that way with my mom and, and mom and dad. But then I think they just let it go because I'm a sailor. You know what I mean? Like, oh, you're just cousin like a sailor. That's like a sailor. Yeah. yeah. So, well, I mean, all right. Yeah. Uh, Long time <laughs> listener. First time sh- like on the show, man. Text yeah. message of destiny ish. Yeah, this is only the second message of destiny we have here. But I was at I was in uh, the shop at the school, and boy, talk about noise and abandoning students. I even showed my boss. I was like, "Can I go outside and take this?" <laughs> and he's like, "Well, are you gonna leave me in here alone with these clowns?" I was like, "Nah, I better not." <laughs> it's, a, it's a safety issue, you know. Right. He's, so what We're is welding? So so let yeah let the what is tell the the audience like what are you actually what you're teaching? Oh yeah, I'm teaching uh, welding. It's kind of a beginner course, but we have a two year degree program. It's at a community college, and anyway, it's a lot of fun. It's what I got into when I retired, and I've just stuck with it. And then they invited me back to teach. And I'm, were you uh, a welder prior to never doing that? And now never. you're a teacher. Yep. Jimbo, you literally can do anything you want. I know. You do <laughs> you do what you want to do. It's not up to anybody else. That's remember those I, words. I, I have said this before. It's documented in all history and time on the internet that uh because you said you do, right? But that in the future you will be able to get a degree from watching YouTube videos. This will happen. It will happen. It's gonna happen. Yeah, I bet you you could learn like the fundamentals of welding on YouTube. Do you think that's possible, Adrian? Maybe we lost Adrian. No, he's connected. Adrian, you there? But I, I honestly agree that that's going to happen. Like, really? Sooner than later? Yeah, dude. I I think. I mean, I don't know. Something. I think we're two years away. Something so hands-on like that. I don't know. If the Navy can, like, we're coming up with this Navy community college, and you yeah. can get an associate's degree by just taking online courses and watching videos and stuff, then it's going to happen, dude. I just don't know. Y'all still here? Yeah, we got well, you. We there got he you. Is. Yeah, here we uh, there I didn't is. go anywhere. I don't know what happened. But no, uh, I show YouTube videos. Often, but you still have to have the actual hands-on it's a motor skill you got to learn for how to manipulate the torches and all that stuff yeah but you can learn a lot from videos but that's but that's but that's what i'm saying like with something it's almost like you know my my uh my nephew is going to school right now for plumbing there you go and i honestly like i don't know if that's something that you could just watch videos and get a degree it's like not all of it. Not all of it. I mean, some of it, sure. I mean, if you're talking about it theoretically speaking, like, but, okay, well, it, you know. but is it household plumbing, commercial plumbing? You know, what well, are I we mean, plumbing here? Well, I mean, it's just, I mean, he's, this is like a first year thing for him. So yeah. it's like he's learning fundamental stuff to um, plumb. But I think the thing is, and maybe Adrian, <laughs> I don't know how this works with the whole welding thing. I mean, you have, 
do you have the same kind of thing with the welding industry that you have with say other trades in terms of, you know, getting an apprenticeship and then becoming a journeyman and like, do you, does it work that way with stuff it's like sort of <clears throat> basically what we have is a mom and pop shop. You just kind of learn what mom and pop taught you and they go around and they make money and they, they get jobs and you can see their welds basically like in the parking lot of a grocery store, the little cart corrals and things like that. But then there's welders helpers, which is an actual title. And then there's welder. Then you get like senior welder. But as far as like journeyman and apprentice and all that kind of stuff, I've never really heard those. But it's, but it's, it's the same kind of idea, just a different name. Right. And uh, everybody that hires welders is going to hire based on what kind of experience they expect them to have first. You know, I, I always use these examples from because obviously I was a musician. It's like you can sit there and watch videos all day on how to play a saxophone. But until you actually like hands on play the thing, none of it's going to make any sense. And the same thing happens with welding and all right. the other trades, which are right there at my school. We've got all that plumbing, construction, home building, alternative energies, aircraft, mechanics, auto yeah, body and collision. How, how uh, mine always make, let's put it that way, but we won't go over 15 students per instructor, basically for safety. Yeah. Uh, sure. What state are you in? Texas. I'm in oh, San Antonio. Okay. So, San Antonio. so here's, here's the deal, right? Like, and, and I'm telling you right now, like they can't hire enough welders to work at the shipyards. Oh, I know. In and uh, and yeah, they will, and for us, you got to travel. Pay, they'll pay you while you're going to school to become a welder. Oh yeah. It's insane. Especially with the infrastructure plans all coming into play now. Uh, Trump started talking about it. Now Biden's talking about it. And then I just started playing around with like investing Coinbase, cryptocurrency, things like that. And the first thing that pops up is all the infrastructure jobs and uh, companies that are popping up left and right. And welding is, big in that industry so so for those people that don't know like how physically intense is weld the act of welding is it hard well it actually depends on the process and i'm not trying to go into a class on welding but we have several different processes you've probably heard terms like tig welding thick welding uh flame welding things like that and some of those you can do outside but some of them you cannot because they, the wind would mess with the shielding gases that come out of your torch or whatever. So like stick welding, you're going to expect to be outside, out in the weather, dealing with that, um, whatever the weather in your area is. <clears throat> that can be tasking. But every bit of it's going to require a lot of preparation before you even weld. So you're holding grinding tools, moving metal around. Sometimes it's big metal, sometimes it's small stuff. It depends on the type of job. So, yeah, it can be pretty physically demanding. I know I was struggling. Uh, it's kind of hard for a Marine to admit, but, man, my hands would go numb. Oh, holding God, me. I would start having, like, back problems and elbow problems and shoulder problems, and it just became easier for me to go back and teach. And they wanted me to teach based off my experience in the Marine Corps. One of my instructors was a former Marine. We became friends, started a little side business, and he's like, man, I need you to come back and teach. <clears throat> I'm like, hell yeah, because now you just do like demonstrations and you're done. You don't do it all eight hours straight, you know, that kind of thing. It can be intense, though, yeah. depending on where you're working. You could be working high steel 
you got a fear of heights, you don't want to be building a skyscraper or bridges Dude, or the underwater welders. Oh, that's a whole nother story. Those guys, first you go on a waiting list because they start paying those guys at like a hundred dollars an hour and up because of the risk factor. You got hazard pay. Secondly, after you've been on the waiting list for a year or longer, you got to go to master dive certification course for like a year. And then they teach you how to weld underwater. And I know my brain is having trouble getting around it. We're dealing with some high voltage, high amp electricity, melting metal. And now you're going to be in the water that the electricity is in. I'm like, what? What? But I, you know, I've, I scuba dove the whole time I was in Hawaii, both tours, Okinawa. I've got like nine years of scuba experience and I love that. I love my welding. I can't imagine putting those two together though. Yeah, no kidding. Uh, (laughs) And then that'll make no damn sense. The one (laughs) I just found out the main risk factor is those ships that are moored in the Harbor and the wind and the waves and they blow around squished. Fibers. Yep. Oh, God. Can you imagine that? <laughs> Here you are, mind your own business, welding your little weld. And next thing you know, you're like, you got you're, sandwiched uh, between two ships. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, God. A yeah. Steve. Yeah. No, that's Sorry, crazy. So- man. But, you know, that's awesome, though. I mean, honestly, man, like, you know, it's awesome that you, you know, I, I was just having this conversation with my son uh, yesterday. We were at lunch and, you know, he he had a buddy with him. And uh, his buddy is, he works in the architecture business. Oh, yeah. And so he does all this stuff with this firm that he works for where they come up with all these, you know, designs and all this stuff. And a big thing that he's involved in is creating computer renderings of these designs, you know. And Auto- it, 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 stuff like that. Dude, the, uh, these renderings are amazing. Like, just looking at these photos, I thought they were real pictures. Nice. So yeah, the software. Did, it's un- unbelievable. Yeah, the um, software is insane these days. Yeah, and I was just saying to him, I was like, you know, I said, as a musician, man, it's <clears> one of the things that you, you know, you sort of envy is you sort of envy people who do something for a living where they put forth their effort, they put in their hard work, and at the end of it, they have something that they can actually touch, yeah. something right. they can hold. And show people right. and be like, this is this thing I did. Look at what I did. You know, as a musician, you don't have that. It's like, you know, okay, right. well, let's let's listen to it or whatever. But it's like, it, it's not this physical thing. And well, I mean, if you ever right. recorded whatever, you know what I mean? Whether Well, I mean, you at the most, you've got like, okay, a CD or an album or something like that. But that's not like. Or sheet I, music. Maybe sheet music, you know, but it's like it's totally different than somebody who's like building a house, you know, or somebody. They're all who, different. Yeah, you know, it's uh, you know, as, Not, as and I think that's the thing is that it's like you know, as a musician, you're an artist, and when you're dealing well, about welders, are the same way. Um, you know how it is when you're first starting out. Some people just kind of take off, and some people just really don't get it. It's yeah. the same thing with welding. I can show you videos and demonstrate and I even have to sometimes grab the students hands and say, no, slow down, get closer, things like that. Right. And some, some do, some don't, some pick up on it. You barely say anything to them. They've never touched a welder in their life and they just take off. Next thing you know, they're welding better than I am. You know, it's like, whoa, just natural talents. So, so the apparent. apparatus that you use is called a welder. 
Well, a welding machine, we use welder as a slang short term, just like anything else. Uh, okay. The welder is actually the person using the machine if you want to get technical. No, yeah, I know. Like, what's the yeah, the apparatus, the thing that you actually hold, though? <laughs> yeah, so you're either holding a torch or an electrode holder, um, and the torch can be electric or it can be one of those, like, oxygen acetylene flame torches. That's old school right there. And we teach those, and we show them. Now, we don't go into every single aspect. It's kind of a long lifelong journey similar to like metallurgy you never right. stop learning you know all the properties and different filler materials and different alloys type. yeah alloys any type of combination of just throwing out element <laughs> I'm, just, I'm just throwing things yeah. out there yeah. you are. no no yeah. it's cool because like you know a Art. lot of people like welders it's cool to have someone like you on the show and like hey this is what it takes to be a welder and like just talk oh, yeah. about all the different things you know what i mean like Hey, really, it's just a desire. If you like me, I, I didn't have a specific welding desire, but I had been around it and seen it a couple of times. Uh, I had an off-road vehicle in 29 Palms. I got some work done. A guy did about two grand worth of welding work, reinforcing the frame, lifting my vehicle. And I was out doing five, six foot jumps in my Isuzu Rodeo. You know, the thing had a, it was seriously. And I, I had that in the back of my mind, but I didn't go, Hey, when I retire, I want to become a welder, you know? Right. Yeah. Yeah. I walked into the base two grand. <laughs> well, he didn't charge me two grand and I was there with him kind of like a welder's helper, handing him tools, watching what he was doing. But it wasn't like I learned a whole lot because I didn't do any of the actual welding. But when I got out, I just went to the education office said, Hey, I want to start learning the trades, be able to, you know, build my own house, work on my own stuff. And they go, well, we got this, awesome welding program here and i just basically once i got into that i never left <clears throat> that's pretty that's cool that man that is pretty cool you know and like i say and the thing is is that it, what's really cool is the fact that you got into something you know leaving the service and you immediately got into something and the fact that you've been able to stick with that and oh, find yeah. a way to do it, like you say, where you're not breaking your ass every day out there doing this thing. You know, <laughs> right. You're, you're, you know, you're an educator, you know, you're yeah. training people, um, which believe me, I know, man, like, you know, for, for me, we may have just lost Adrian, but, you, uh, you know, I, I, I know that for, I know that for me, you know, it's been one of the tough things about getting out of services. Like, you know, I get out and I'm doing all this physical labor and stuff like he's talking about. And, you know, very quickly within a year, my body is like, you can go F yourself, man. Like, well, and it's, it's, di it's different types of labor, right? Like you can train for a PFT, you know what I mean? Oh dude, absolutely. Or CFT. And then yeah. it's different. You're using different muscle groups, different body parts than I mean, like when it's labor. You know, that's not, it's not working out. It's not exercising. It's labor, you know, like, you know, when I would find myself in the shop with a power buffer and I'm spending hours just power buffing boats with your, with, and I'm assuming they were, they're lifted to get the bottom and stuff. And then right. you're like your, your shoulders and your arms are uh, up uh, all yeah. the time. I mean, you're, like, did I get you're, off again? No, yeah, you're, yeah, fine, no, no. you're, you're, you're back. You know, I was just I, what I was just saying on the program, Adrian, is that, you know, it's it's awesome that you've been able to continue to do this thing, because I know for yeah. me, I mean, since I retired just a little over a year ago and um, actually, you know, what's crazy is that my annual date was freaking my annual date was Friday. 
I didn't go. even think. I didn't even think about that. It was my first anniversary being out of the core. Didn't was, even think about it. It was crazy. It was, it was <laughs> dude. It was crazy. It was like the. It was like that night. I think we were hanging out with the kids, and they were like. Then you like, what was your retirement date? I thought about it. I was like, holy shit. It was exactly a year ago today is like my yeah. retirement date. Um, <laughs> you know, but getting into it's like, cause I the got out. <laughs> right. You know, because I'm working with my, I'm working with my brother-in-law at this boatyard, And for, for months I'm doing all this labor intensive stuff, you know, I'm right. helping it, you know, paint these boats and sand them and wash them and buff them and doing all this stuff. And it just, you know, after a while, <laughs> man, like oh my god it i mean i was in pain i I'd mean be- using this power buffer you know where i'm having to right. hold this thing uh, like you get you can't hold this thing out away from you i mean if in right. order to control it when you're doing it it's like and the more exhausted you're becoming the closer you're holding it to yourself because you're just using your body for support it's like dude you're doing and inhaling oh my god inhaling. i mean and I just got to this point. I mean, I got to that point where I was just like, I went to my brother-in-law and, and his brother and was just like, I can't keep doing this. You know, like I am in serious pain. Like, I'm, yep. I mean, and, and now I'm dealing with this crazy freaking tendonitis, like in my elbows and stuff, which now I, I had yep. gone, I had gone to physical therapy. They had given me cortisone. It was awesome. Like, Oh my God, man, no pain. Like I can totally move, you know, whatever. And, temporary oh totally temporary <laughs> yeah, yeah totally temporary dude it was great for about a month five weeks and we had I a have... hand specialist showing up once a week you just write your name on a list they'd show you hand stretches and strengthening exercises and even that wasn't helping so i know what temporary is like <clears throat> your body finds a way to hurt either way <laughs> oh like, yeah no absolutely absolutely well, and the hard thing is that for me, because I mean, I'm still playing. It's like the thing that scares me is, you know, when I talk to these doctors and they're like, well, I mean, you can come back in and we can give you another shot and whatever. But after that, you know, we're going to, you know, we need to talk about like more permanent solutions. Uh oh. And I'm like, That's uh, scary. like, are we talking surgical solutions? Like, I'm a drummer. I kind of need yep. my elbows to be able to do yep. this thing. Like, mobility too well that's what i'm saying i'm like uh how does that work so i don't know man i'm sort of like putting it off for right now because i I don't i don't even want to go to that direction right i mean all i could hope is that if i did do something like that that you know really adhering to a a, you know physical therapy and stuff and 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 uh you know recovery from it from it you know that maybe it would it would actually be better than it was before so i don't know but yeah, the so, other cool thing about teaching is you get a break. I get, I only work nine months out of the year. Yeah. You know I mean? Between the semesters, I can go do my side hustle, whatever. I got a little shop behind my house. I, right. I work on cars. I've done like engine swaps and transmissions and all kinds of stuff. That's cool, man. That is very cool. So since you answered the text message of destiny, I get Uh-oh. to ask you a question. Uh Oh, go for it. And it's super easy, man, but it's, it's just a, prove to the audience some something um so what do you miss the most about not being in the military have you ever asked anyone else that question <laughs> uh not really no okay so i guess the main thing i miss and i try to and tell people basic- how long you've been out because you've been out oh time. yeah i've been out a minute i uh and that's what i was saying to 
Jimbo that it goes quick because uh, I retired officially August 31st of 2011. Holy shit, man! Really? Uh, I'm coming up on a decade. Oh and I, my god! You were my band, my show band. You are our uh, party house destination, and I guess that's the one thing I miss the most is we weren't just co-workers we were a family yeah. and it, it carried on outside of work we didn't sit around and talk about work either you know we kind of left it behind as yeah. musicians it follows you everywhere because music is everywhere and a lot of times you might have to be practicing something a big solo coming up or whatever so you don't always fully leave work when you go on liberty but still i miss that brotherhood that camaraderie i guess that's the thing i miss the most yeah. Oh, and you, uh, work, work day. I missed that because if you want to work out, you got to do it on your own time, and that's hard. I'm out of shape. <laughs> do you, uh, do you, do you go to like the VFW or anything like no. that? No, I mean, I know you can do that. American Legion, VFW. I do know they exist, and this is a big military town. So, but the funny thing is, is I would be bombarded because we do not have very many Marines here. Yeah, it's, it's probably an like Air, Force Air Force town. and Navy. Air Force town. Actually, not really any Navy. Not much. Hmm. Um, we're pretty far from the water, if you will. Well, no, <clears> but there's that. But Lackland is like the what our, where our master at arms go. Well, yeah, that's a, um, like military police. And there is yeah. a Marine detachment there, too. Okay. But uh, the only other Marines around here are reservists, and it's a recon unit. So they're a bunch of crazies. <laughs> <laughs> That's one way to put it. <laughs> Remember Heartbreak Ridge. Right. Oh my God. <laughs> think that's the second Heartbreak Ridge reference. I know. Today. Second you one, know? second reference in this episode. <laughs> <laughs> we haven't gone to the full jacket yet, though, other than you probably doing some of your words before I got on the yeah oh, right, well, right. Did anybody ever watch it past the boot camp? I mean, honestly, like you know, no, that's usually when it's kind of meh. <laughs> that's yeah, it, you, although it's I, I, I you know, it's I, got a few it, moments, dude. It has some moments, man. It, it does. Has, They're pretty intense. With the introduction of Animal Mother as a character in that film, oh yeah, <laughs> oh my god, dude! Like you watch the movie and here's this character, and all you're thinking is like how does this guy ever go back to the world and maintain some kind of normal life? That's right. Yeah. Can you walk the walk? Exactly. (laughs) You know, he's just like, all right. You howdy program. Joker. (laughs) The dude is just like animal mother is just out of his effing mind. You know what I mean? He's just like a necklace of ears or something. Yeah, he's like a killing machine, dude. You know what I mean? When they're when they're standing around those dudes who got freaking killed, and they're each one of them is like, "You're going home now, bro." Yeah. Whatever they they get to Animal Mother, and he's looking at him, and he's like, "Better you than me." (laughs) (laughs) What the fuck, dude? I think I met a guy just like that at Sergeant's course. He was a a grunt. And he, man, I'm telling you, we're out there on our patrols, and he's carrying the big, like, 60. Yeah, yeah. And it has the, the fold-out little bipod on it. Yeah. And we had a we had a contact right-hand signal go up, and here this body comes flying from the left, diving in the air, already firing before he even hits the ground, and just <laughs> lands in the prone position. <laughs> and just starts lighting up this other squad. 
and we're all like, ah, we you know, we turned <laughs> and follow suit. And I was like, wow, that dude's insane. <laughs> it was hilarious. <laughs> I was that that our dad. Dad. Oh my god, dude. We kill you. <laughs> well, that was a, but that's a crazy thing, man. It's like, you know, you watch that film. Uh-huh. You know, you watch that film, but it's like you you knew these people. Uh, yep. I'm like, like that was you, my drill instructor. Yes, that was my- you met these people in real life and you were like, holy shit, that's Davis. Or yeah, that's like exactly. whoever. You're like, that's <laughs> totally him. He was that asshole, yep. cocky, freaking joking motherfucker at recruit training. Yep. That, that was always dies in trouble. That was getting everybody <laughs> slayed because he couldn't shut his mouth. You know? Um, I, I was always laughing and farting and all kinds oh, of stuff. Oh, yeah, yeah. Or you had the or, or the idiot. You know, you had private pile, man. Like, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Their pile. Yeah. And this, you were just like, oh, my God, dude, stop. This dude was pissing in the rack every night. We didn't know what the hell to do with this guy. We didn't do, you know, the blanket, blanket party. party. Yeah, yeah. But something close to it, I mean, he was shunned by the platoon. We we're like, no way. Oh, yeah. No, oh, and anyway. that was. Come yeah, on, that, I mean, that was a crazy thing with my, you know, my father-in-law because he was he, my father-in-law. Father-in-law was at Paris Island back in '69, and he had he he had the platoon bedwetter. Oh ac- no! Across the squad bay from him. Uh huh. So every fucking morning, they would call everybody online. So everybody had to line up for the folks who don't know this terminology would have to line up on either side of the squad bay, like next to your bunk, your rack. Oh, yeah. The hygiene inspection. Every morning they would be like, they would call this dude out and make him strip his buttons, make him strip all the linen (laughs) off of his bed and hold up the sheets covered in piss. So wait a second. Is that a thing? Because you talked about it too, Adrian. So people wet their fucking bed. Well, the way they make you drink water some people's bladders just can't handle that shit. And there's like an hour of no movement whatsoever. Like you can't even get up and go use the restroom. Nothing. And we say hit the head or whatever, but still this, yeah, he said platoon bedwetter. No, I've never heard anyone else talk about a platoon bedwetter. Oh right? my God. Well, and this is or the thing, this, they this forgot. Was, I forgot. But, but this is the thing about, this is the thing about Brian <laughs> was that my father-in-law was what he suffered from was that when he would get nervous, he would giggle. Oh, <laughs> and he's right across the highway from this guy. Yeah. So every morning, this dude has to pull his sheets up, and Brian would stand there online at attention and start giggling to himself. <laughs> and of course, the freaking drone structures are like, "Oh, good to go. You think that's funny?" And they would, <laughs> oh, shit. dude. Here we go. <laughs> oh my god, just ridiculous stories, dude. But <laughs> dude, to answer, to, answer to, to in a way answer your question, JB. The things that happen, the shit that you hear in the middle of the night, when you get up, because I would you know, like you get to this point where your body's like, at least for me, where like my body was trained, like I wouldn't, t- I wouldn't make a head call, like I would, I wouldn't, I wouldn't take a piss until like three in the morning, yeah, you know, and I would that wake up every yeah. morning, every night, the middle of the night, zero three, I get up go. and I go make a head call, you know, yeah. but when you're coming back to your rack. And you hear the shit that's happening with these recruits in their racks. Like you hear these dudes like, ah, ah, ah. <laughs> PTSD. <laughs> Seriously. You hear these guys, these kids, these kids are in their racks. They're like, I sir. I sir. <laughs> <laughs> they're, they're straight up asleep. 
but they're just like Dude. screaming in their sleep, and you're like, "What the fuck?" It's the, it's the reprogramming. Oh How my psycho God. were we? How psycho were we for doing that shit? And I thought about that so many times during boot camp. Like, what the fuck did I? Dude, get I'm sorry, into? but like, I remember looking <laughs> oh at. My God. I remember looking at guys's like, uh, like the little yearbook things that. Oh uh, yeah. Got, yeah. After, and I was like, God damn, dude, you guys look all look like fucking Skeletor. Yeah, like, especially the ones that came in overweight. Yeah, they look sickly and hollow. Yep. Yeah, for real. I was like, Jesus. <laughs> Circles around their eyes. <laughs> Do you see their skeletons poking through their cheeks? And Meanwhile, stuff? in the Navy, like, I was in the band at boot camp. <laughs> oh, my yeah. God. Yeah, there was no, oh, such, yeah. There was no such thing. You didn't <laughs> want your instructor to know that, and they uh, knew us. Oh, yeah. Scam the buddy program was. So me and a high school buddy joined together. And the first day, this is the, uh, what do they call it? The first day you meet your real drill instructors when they just all hell breaks loose. Oh, yeah, when they suck them on you. Peter comes out of the drill instructor hut, and he's like, stop. Of course, everybody, freeze, private freeze. And he says, where the fuck is Shield and Lopez? And I was like, oh, God. We got a couple of fucking band fags here. What do you play, the fucking skin flute? I mean, it just started right on day one. I was like, great. Yeah. There were two other bands. It's clarinet. <laughs> no, I was, I was a sax player. I was oh. cool. Uh, <laughs> uh, all right. Yeah, but that wasn't going to get me hired at the school. I know, you know, and it wasn't going to get you hired at the school, and it wasn't going to buy you brownie points in recruit training either. Oh my god! Well, it, it, it didn't Holy keep Holy shit! We got Kenny fucking G here. Yeah, oh, dude. No, for me, they just called me fucking tuba, and then uh, my my buddy played euphonium. And I think they were calling him skin flute, which is so weird. They just all ass backwards. Like I, I come out bugle stick fight or something. I just beat some dude's ass. And it wasn't because I had skills. It was because I was twice as scared. So I would just flail at the motherfucker until he fell down. And then uh, <clears throat> I come running out of the ring and there's a drill instructor standing there going, great. You're going to have to know how to fight when somebody tries to steal your fucking tuba. You know, that's the kind of. <laughs> that's it. I was all the time. <laughs> was oh, so my God. <laughs> holding back laughs and getting in trouble and everything <laughs> I got for there, bring your fucking butt buddy with you. You know, that kind of thing. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, me in trouble. Oh, go new music Monday. Uh-oh. Monday. It is, it is new music Monday. Um, and you, Adrian, you've been listening to anything new lately or no? Yes. No. Um, I don't know why, but I just suddenly started listening to country out of nowhere. And there's all kinds of new stuff coming out. Most of it sounds like pop music, but, uh, yeah. As far as all the crazy stuff y'all talk about and y'all been listening to, I'm like, whoa, way over my head. Yeah. yeah but do, you, do you? But do you like? Oh, I'm gonna check that out. Oh yeah. Sometimes I have I have time and I go I go. What was that he was talking about? And I have to rewind the episode, go find it. <laughs> that's cool, man. That's awesome. That's the, very cool. The and I think that's the whole point of it, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, man. Totally, totally. What do you got? And even. Me? Yeah. Oh well, so so my my thing is uh it's it's a not new, um but it's just like old and like I'm just revisiting it again and uh and I put the record so I have a record player at work and I I change out the albums every once in a while and and it's Heart Dreamboat Annie ooh oh wow yeah man so the ones that everyone's gonna know is Magic Man and and Crazy on you are on that. But I'm telling you right now, man, if you've never really, really looked, uh, listened to that, the song Dreamboat Annie is really good. 
but seeing child is also another favorite of of mine and what was cool was uh in 2017 maybe yeah 17 i i performed at a a festival up in northern virginia and uh and nancy wilson was there really and and, and i knew she was going to be there and you know i i could be backstage she was backstage and so it was like all right, cool. I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna wear my heart dreamboat Annie shirt that I had. And so I and I was I, I wore it. She showed up, she's getting food backstage, and she's like, she looked at me, she's like, hey, come here. And I was like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> and she goes, What do you know about that? And I'm like, You're like, uh my sister had your album and she introduced it to me, and I love your music and i've been listening to it since i was eight years old and 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 what the one of the coolest things was that i asked if i could get a picture with her and she's like no she's like you don't need a picture we got this right here you don't need to get a picture and i was like oh well thank you (laughs) (laughs) thank you thank you very much yeah that's that's cool though man she knew what you needed without you being able to ask for it she's like that's right He's catatonic, so <laughs> no, we have this. We help him out. Yeah. She's yeah, like, this cool, is a platonic though. situation. Just take yeah. the memory with you. Okay. <laughs> no, it was cool though, man. Like, yeah, and, and that's one of my that's probably one of my favorite albums that I remember as a kid, too. Really? You ever heard of Brian Colbertson? He's a jazz guy. No. No. He's got some albums out, and I guess if I had to say something new, I just accidentally stumbled across it putting on one of those music in the background while I work on stuff. And I'm like, who is that? That's really hip. It's really just chill jazz. But then every now and then he has uh, guest guest artists on his songs and they just start ripping it up. The only music I've done since I retired is I grab my saxophone and sit in with this non-paying, open to the public, geezer, like 30s through the 60s jazz standard big band. You know, oh, and there I am with okay. my clip playing Glenn Miller, you know, and this guy, the director is just going nuts and trying to get me into the Heart of Texas concert band. And I, I did like one gig and the band was huge. Had a bunch of the San Antonio College musicians. That's how they get their uh, ensemble credits for their music degrees. And I was like, wow, I just don't have time for that. <laughs> yeah. Like, nah, I have a new life now. They're just trying to start it back up after the pandemic. Called me last week and I was like, yeah, no. Go find a new lead alto player. Yeah. yeah. But I mean, it's, I mean, it's honestly, it's like for me, you know, for me, you know, I retired and came home and I mean, for me, it was just getting back to together basically with the same guys that I've been playing with since I was in high school. You know, we've played on it. We've played on and off with each other for 30 years. Yeah. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not out there looking for some gig, you know, I mean, for me, it's like getting together with these dudes and writing some music and playing some drums is a way for you know to get that sort of creative you know release and have right. a good time hanging out with my buddies you know what i mean but it's like i'm by no means like you know i'm out here trying to like you know forge a career or something i mean right. it's something that i do for fun you know right. um but uh yeah mine for for new music monday and it's crazy man is uh and I had not listened to this album in a really long time. And I pulled it up and was reminded of its genius. And it is 
the B-52's <laughs> Wild Planet. Wow. Dude, y'all down with the B-52's? <clears throat> Half the time um, you start throwing out band names and songs, I'm like, uh, yeah, I couldn't even name one of their songs. And then you start uh, and I know the song and I'm like, I know that. I just don't well, One of the guys that. talks like that. <laughs> oh yeah, man. We're forgetting dude. But this is this is old, old, like you know, Wild like, Planet. Rock and my, that's it, it, yes, it's like it, uh, everybody's yeah, like you know, Rock Lobster's not on this album, but it's that same sort of era for B 52s <laughs> like okay. very early B 52s. Um, I'll share a track that's off this album that's one of my favorites. It's uh, this track called Quiche Lorraine. Yes, yes. Oh my god, this song is freaking hilarious, dude. dude. Yeah. That's on that's on Wild Planet, right? Yes, yeah, that's what I'm talking about. Freaking Wild Planet, <laughs> it's got. 53 miles west of Venus. It's got Private Idaho on here. Yep. My own Private Idaho. Idaho. You're living in your own Private Idaho. Yep. <laughs> dude, it's a fucking great album. Wow. Oh, dude. <laughs> just like, uh... Yeah, I never ever had that encyclopedia of bands and songs in my head, ever. Uh, really? Oh, but the melodies and just, stuff just always know, like, stick to Lorraine is like not a very like that's that's like a b-side oh it's a total B-side. <laughs> like, like i think i think one of the i think well you know private idaho was probably a single off this strobe light if you remember you remember jeremy you remember strobe light off this album yeah well, want to make know, love to you under a strobe light what's, love to you what's, under crazy, strobe light. what's crazy is like they actually formed in the 70s i believe yeah as a group Yep. And then, like, they were super, 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 like, popular, like, in what, uh, my junior yeah. or sophomore year in high school? Yeah, they, came out, with, like, they came out with, Cos- right. came they out, came out with Cosmic Thing. So think about that, dude. Like, 11 years after you joined or whatever is when you are becoming popular. Oh, yeah. No, and they were out of, they were out of the great city of Athens, Georgia. I don't know what it is with Athens, Georgia, but they're like all these bands that have come out of there. I think uh, REM, I think, was out of yep. Athens. REM, yeah. You know, There's some singers on American Idol from there. Uh, probably. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, I know I saw one. You're like, I saw one of the singers from there. <laughs> they're in the top seven or whatever now, top ten or whatever they're on right now. Whatever they're on now. I don't even <laughs> freaking. Uh... Does it ever stop showing? No, exactly. Does does American Idol ever actually stop? It's just do they take a break? Right. They do. They oh, take okay. a break. It'll be replaced by like The Voice or something for a while. But... Yeah, it just goes in rotation. You know. Yeah. Well, they start their auditions in like January. Right. Or I can't remember. Well, they did take a few years off. I know that they yeah. did do they that. Away. They 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 had to take a little break. I think when Paula finally had to call it quits. You know. Paula and Randy Jackson. Yo, dog. You know, it's a little... yo, dog. And she's and she's and, 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 and Paula's over there drooling on herself. Yeah, she's so drunk, man. We used to laugh. Someone give her another shot of Botox. Her lips are sagging. <laughs> we used to think she was drunk half the time on that show. Like, oh, dude, in the world? she's just on freaking painkillers. You know, she came just... on recently, a guest mentor oh. or whatever. Oh, yeah. And it and she did pretty good. She was normal. She wasn't like she was back when she was on the show. It was 
It's kind of funny. That is funny. That is crazy. Well, listen, man, I'm totally psyched that you answered the text message of Destiny. It's awesome you were able to finally get on the program. Yeah, today's a virtual day, so I just talked to him for about an hour and then put him to work. There we go. My next class is at I got a little time till I talk to them again. The next class. Very, very cool. No, it's totally awesome. Very cool. Hey, you too. We both have different histories with each other, but the funny thing is, when you guys you start telling stories and talking, I was like, I was there. (laughs) I usually (laughs) chilling at the end of the day and I put it I use anchor to listen and boom. I'm like, Oh yeah, I remember that. And you're singing like 50 red balloons or whatever. And, you're, <laughs> yeah, right. and and you're the only one that left a message about the like well when they tackle, why don't they just fling tackle their bodies? sideways? <laughs> oh my god, that was freaking hilarious. That's hilarious. Very, very awesome. So for the folks who are out there checking out the show, thanks for tuning in as usual. You know, we totally appreciate your your patronage, if you will. Um, and uh, Thursday is going to be YouTube Thursday. We'll find out what crazy things we can dig up on the internet and laugh at and ask ourselves, I don't know, like what happened to humanity. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, and for any of the folks who are out there, if we got your contact information, just like with Adrian, keep your head on the swivel. You never know when you might get the message. So until, uh, until Thursday, everybody be well, man. You guys be good. Later. Later, man.